We are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me today, you already know, it's Kevin. How are you, Kevin? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, we're we're back in the saddle here, and it, it, it really is a summer show. Um, <laughs> we have some contracts to talk about. We've gotten, we've gotten our goalie, at least for the next three years. And here we go, you know. Uh, let's let's dive right into it. Carter Hart has signed a bridge deal. I don't even know if I would like. I understand why you're classifying it as a bridge deal. Nobody should be surprised by this. I don't understand what's so complicated about this. He had a bad year last year. Right, he had a bad year, and it's a flat cap. And I, a couple a couple different people. Um, I'm friends with some fans from around the league, and they kind of asked me my opinion on the deal. And I said, well, here's what it is. It's it's an overpay for what he gave you last season, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that he was terrible. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that he bounces back and far surpasses that by the end of the deal. It's it, I look. I got asked about too because some I, the first question I got on the radio when this happened was, "It that that's a little high, don't you think?" And it's like, well, yes, of course it is. But I I, I sit there. I looked at a bunch of different deals for goalies off of their entry level contracts, right and. Look, Carter Hart's not the best goalie in the league. He's just like he's not. We not know yet. this. He might be at one point, but he's not right now. And I don't know if he will or not. That's the, no, that's, no. That's, he might. But the best goalie in the league, in my opinion, Andre Vasilevsky, did not start near as many games in his entry level deal. Right. And got three and a half million dollars when that was over, and right. that was four years ago. Adjust for inflation, you get a deal that was probably five million dollars minimum at that time, in today's terms. And right. he had 40-some-odd starts or 60-some-odd starts or something like that. Carter Hart's got 100 games and 95 starts. Like, you know, when you utilize him that much, and his first year was solid, let's call it like fine. Yeah. He, he came up, he impressed. People were, you know, on, you know, on that train from the beginning because they were winning with him. And then year two came along, and it was game two, first game in Philly, shutout, great save all over the highlight reels for years to come. And then it just continued. He continued to put it together and have a really strong season. He looked really good. Borderline stellar. Yeah. He is a product of everything that last year goes against in terms of if you don't have practice time, if you don't get breaks between your games, especially at his age, if you don't have the time to mentally clear your head, especially when your coach is as old school as they get, then you're going to have issues. And all, it all went against him. There was never time to, to break up the how many times can you lose six to one before it becomes too much to take for yourself when you go home to nothing. You go home to nobody. You right. Know? And, and that, we that's did, his problem. And we did hear Elaine Vigneault kind of question his, you know, his mental state. To a certain degree uh, this season. And Carter Hart took a couple days off, mm-hmm. rode the bench for a couple days, got some rest, maybe got some practice, and came back and started looking good again. So we, th- there is definitely evidence to support that Carter Hart, with more rest time, with more time with the, pra- with the staff in the facilities, little rest between games, uh, hopefully... Martin Jones isn't terrible and can actually eat some starts. Carter Hart should bounce back here. There's a lot of evidence to support that this deal 
is going to look pretty good pretty soon. Well, sure, it could look it could look great next season. Honestly, let's be real. I mean, but mm-hmm. this is I said this after the Martin Jones signing. The gamble isn't on Martin Jones bouncing back for twenty starts or twenty five no. starts or whatever it is. It's on Carter Hart. You want him to be everything that you thought he was two seasons ago and continue to grow in that direction. We're like, we, we evaluate every single one of these young players in this way. If you're going into the season and not talking about, well, Travis Konechny had 24 goals three years in a row and then fell off a cliff last year. Didn't, right. get, it, didn't get it going at all. You know, Couldn't get it together. And that's got to change. Joel Farabee took a big step, got the 20 goals. What can he do now that he's going to keep getting older, bigger, all that type of stuff? that's the progression. You want to see the progression continue in the right direction. Now, here's the thing. Like, here's the thing about Carter Hart. The the team has had such horrible results at goaltender that he's already one of the best in franchise history to an extent. Like, I know. Like, he's had three years, and that not even really. Like, let's be real about this, too. He played half of a year getting called up because he got called up in December. He yep. played – a year that went 69 games, I think is what it was, 68, something like that, whatever it was. 70, somewhere in that they range. Were, everybody yeah. was between 68 and 71. Let's right. be real. But he played something in that range. So, he, again, not a Most full of year, season. but not a full year of starts. Right. He was your starting goaltender without getting a full year of starts, truth, truthfully. He would have gotten five or six of those, at least five sure, or six but, of those remaining but games. To give you, he, but, to, but to give people a number, you know, like uh, out of 82, how many games did he start? Like, we didn't even have that. We right. had, you got to 70 and the number got cut off. Right. And then you had last season out of 56, he got shut down for the last month of, of the season anyway, right. on top of all the struggles. So he gets 20, I think he had 27 games and 25 starts or something like that in that, in that season, which again is not a great number when you think about that's not even half of your games, you right. know, like, and I get it. He didn't even get a sniff of the ice in the last month of the season so that that's where that, that has appears. a lot to do with that yeah but at the same time that means so that means that it, the last you know whatever it was so that means 31 of your starts went between brian elliott and you know and alex lyon yeah not good no yeah we uh we ended up seeing a lot of brian elliott down the stretch because like you said you know carter hart's kind of shut down and <sighs> brian elliott played a lot and it's one of those things you need carter hart to come back and your season in a lot of ways, your season hinges on it. And we know the defense was poor in front of him last year and Chuck Fletcher took steps to address that. And, but it's going to come down to his individual performance is going to have to be better. But that's, but that's why, look, Brian Elliott is a fit in Tampa Bay for that reason, because yep. you don't and want to start. And you know what? Good for him. Brian, go spend a season in your late 30s on the beach and go win deep in the playoffs, maybe win a cup. Right. Now, listen, Good for here's, him. Now listen here's the other thing, too. Like, I know Martin Jones, the Martin Jones signing was a, I don't want to call it a weird one, but like people didn't know. It was know a weird what, one. Well, but people didn't know why you would bring in a guy who, who arguably had worse numbers than Brian Elliott did. <sighs> right. Yeah, no kidding. And look, Braden Holpe didn't want to be here. That's the bottom line. Like they would have loved to have added Braden Holpe, but he didn't want to. He had his m- mind set on the Western Conference. He went there. Okay, that's fine. I think Yaroslav Halak would have been a fit here. It's just he again. I think it's a guy who had his mind made up. Right. I'm going to Vancouver. That's just the way it is. I already know where I want to go. Done deal. And then everybody else got a two year deal or more, or was too high of a cap hit. Right. So literally, you were left with no options other than what is the safest, low risk, in terms of I have it for a year. And it's not, and it's 
under two and a half million dollars because I'm going to pay the other guy four. I think this was already in the works too. Right. If oh, this of deal course. was already in the works to an extent. Then you know where where this conversation was going. And you go. I got to pay doing him those four. numbers together for right. sure. And, and I don't think you want to pay more. Like we've had this discussion in the group chat a lot about right. the combined salary of your top pairing. When you look at some of these other salaries that defensemen are going to get, what the average annual value is for some of these defensemen around the league. Dougie Hamilton's making nine million dollars this year. Seth Jones is going to make nine and a half next starting next year. Zach Wierenski starting next year is going to make 9.583. Just a little bit more than Seth Jones. Just a one-up Seth Jones. But the bottom line (laughs) is... the funniest thing. And then you keep going further and further, and it's, here's a guy with 10. Here's a guy with, you know, here's Drew Doughty with 11. Here's Eric Carlson with 11 and a half. And the Flyers are paying their entire top pairing $13 million. It's still absurd to me that Seth Jones is going to make more than Kale McCarr, but that's that's a whole different issue. Uh, Kale McCarr's 22. That's also why. Like... Whatever he just signed for, wait until he's like he's not even really in his prime yet. That's the oh, scary. I know. Like that's the scary part. And the deal is long enough that the cap should have some flexibility to open up towards the end of it, and well, we, he's gonna get paid. Well, we we keep saying that. Let's see what happens. You know, but Listen, I, I'm, but I'm, I'm attempting to be optimistic. No, here. But, I'm, but I'm with you. I hope that it, look. I, there was a, at some point in time through all the other stories about what the league could look like next year because there's a lot more starting to come to light a little bit. Um, you know, I would say that if, you know, there was a story, I think that said there was, might be room for like a million dollars next year or something. I did hear that. Like, and it's like, if that is able to happen, that's great. You know, any little bit will help. Certainly. I mean, let's put it this way. One of the things, and I didn't, we didn't write a tab for it because I don't think it's needed. It's just kind of a, an overall scope of things. They're going to have 10 free agents next year based on what I can see anyway. And I'll pull up Cat Friendly really quick. Sure. I actually squeezed Cat Friendly into a radio spot this week because of, or, or, yeah, this week? Yeah, it was this week. It was Monday when this deal went down. So, But I did because I'm like, listen, this is, I was trying, because one of the things I was trying to explain was because people were wondering what is, you know, and I guess maybe we can start to go towards this one. We talked about Carter Hart's deal, so we can start to go to this one. For sure. Which was, what is Travis Sanheim going to get? Because he's the last piece of this puzzle for right now. There's nothing else that they really can do. Outside of just bringing back Travis Sanheim, their their cap at this point says they have four, basically four million dollars. It's four million with by change. you know with change by million dollar standards. Let's call right. it that. You know, um, yeah, I sure would. I wouldn't know what to do with thirty one thousand dollars, but I'm sure they do. Um, you know, let's. I'm not okay. I'm not trying to profess that I've got money by any stretch, but when you're trying to work towards a house, thirty-one thousand dollars doesn't change a whole hell of a lot in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's nice, but it does it. But it's going to this. It's going to go to the same spot. Let's it put it this way: it if we added it to have, your down payment, you'd be pretty happy about it. Oh, it, well, exactly. But I'm saying it doesn't exactly go towards. Gee, I'm going to splurge on something gigantic. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might be able to get like. One extra feature. <laughs> okay, okay, for that possibly, yeah, I'll give you, there you that. Go. And that covers your closing costs. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll see. There's a uh, look. I'm just getting started that process. There's right. a whole lot that I need to figure out with that. All right. So right. anyway, looking back to forward the, to next year. So here's the deal. Like I'm looking at. There's three players who make roughly the same amount of money that are all considered to be on the active roster, and they all will not be on the active roster come September October. Uh, right. Because right now, cap friendly lists Tanner Lazinski. Morgan Frost and Jackson Cates all as players who would make the team. And, hey, that, yeah, and I don't imagine that all three of them are making it. Well, and that gives them 14 forwards. I actually think that there's a chance that two of them don't make it and one of them is replaced by Wade Allison. Okay. 
so that that way, all right, but still take $900,000 off the books. As long as one of them isn't replaced by Nate Thompson, I'm happy. Well, Nate Thompson's going to be on, no, Nate Thompson's going to be part of this picture because he will be on the active roster. You're paying him the 900, was it $900,000 that he's making? I just hope it's 800. Uh, 800. I just hope he's not part of the active lineup. I still think he will be at the beginning, but I I hope. (sighs) But here, look, here's what I hope. I hope that he's your fourth line center on day one because you want to play somebody more to start with. Like that I can understand. If you don't want to start Tanner Lazinski there and say, go play with the in the AHL, go play with the Phantoms for a a month, month, a month. And and let's let's see who emerges because it's not going to be just him. Maybe it is Jackson Cates. Maybe it is. And I don't yeah. look. And I'm not saying like I don't think that Jackson Cates is going to be there. I'm just saying that like you want somebody young to emerge. I think right. is the bottom line. And it, if that means Nate Thompson's got to start. Look, the first month of the season, if you want to just get through the two weeks of October that you're playing, it's seven games. I can live with Nate Thompson for seven games to start the year to get into a rhythm until yeah, you realize, yes. you know, like it's it's usage within the game too. I mean, That's I under, like like I don't mind if you find a way to shelter somebody. I don't know if you know who yet, but if you find a way to shelter somebody, you can start playing him on that spot. Maybe one of the later in a ga- like later in a game. Yeah, and I, well, I don't know if it will be a young kid because I can't pinpoint a young kid who's going to play center. You don't think Morgan Frost ends up in the center? I think he might be your third line center, honestly. Oh, that's, like, that's what well, I'm worried about. Valid. Like, <laughs> like that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a chance he'd have to really come in and impress. That's my thing. Like, I think with a little more development, uh, Lashinsky could play center at the NHL level, but I'm not 100 percent on it. Right I know now, he's 24, so I don't know how much more development this, there is on him. But. I was literally doing this yesterday because if I go through, so I think that Daily Faceoff currently has a first line of Couturier, Giroux, and Konechny. A second line of that line is up next year, by the way. Well, yeah, but we're not getting there yet. Okay. But and then a second line would be Hayes, Farabee, and Atkinson, and then your third line was, I think Lawton centering Van Riemsdyk and Allison. Your fourth line was Thompson centering uh, Lindblom and Abe Kubel. Okay. Which leaves about right. Which leaves basically one of those three names that we just mentioned as your extra. Right. Essentially. I don't know how helpful that is to somebody in their early 20s trying to make a name for themselves. Sitting on the bench. I mean, at that point in time, there better be somebody else who you bring in or bring up for the purpose of you're perfect for that role. You know what I mean? Like, like give me – I don't even know because I'm looking at this. Like, give me Connor Bunneman to be the 13th then and all three of them go to the minors. Like right. if that if that's the way you're gonna play, and actually, quite honestly, I wouldn't that's care. Not a bad you, idea. I, I wouldn't care if you swapped Connor Bunneman and is your fourth line center half the time. At least I feel like he could be mildly effective if you utilized him in I, that lower role. He's a I younger player. Con- I think he'll contribute to the game plan better than Nate Thompson will a lot of the time. Potentially. Uh, so we're so looking anyway, at let's, like so. Anyway, back to the contracts because we're talking about right. guys who are up basically. So right. Martin Jones is a one year deal. So you're back in the same boat kind of i mean you could if look if martin jones has a really good year and gives you what you want out of a backup there's no reason you wouldn't bring him back if that happens For sure yeah i but, don't mind if but he you're taking decent, the bet. i don't mind giving him the one at a time but you're taking the bet and you have two solutions to the bet like to the bet not working out your two solutions because your two solutions are either one of these young goalies that you're going to have in the minors this year now that alex lyon is no longer part of the picture so felix sandstrom's getting starts 
Kirill Ustamenko's getting starts. Sam Erson's probably going to make an appearance somewhere in there also. So, so you've got three guys who you're basically trying to see if one of them could emerge to be a young backup. And basically what you're going to do, and it's a little weird to say because Carter Hart's only going to be 24 years old when that would happen because he's 23 now. So he'd only be 24, but you would almost be taking one of these other guys and kind of going the Pecorina Yossi Saros model and going, here's a guy who's going to be younger, but not start for a while. But he's okay. going to be up. He's going to be the backup. And he's literally going to just work with the NHL team. And he's going to get thrown into games 25, 30 times a year. Right. And potentially. If so you could go, do that. If things go well, you end up with, you know, the 2020 Vegas Golden Knights with Robin Lehner and Marc Andre Fleury. And one well, of them wins and, the Vezina. Well, <laughs> well, and look, and Martin Jones, it, like, that could be Martin Jones if, if he has a good year. Like, if he has a good year, you bring him yeah. back and you do, you do the same thing. Maybe give him another year and go, all right. We'll wait another year for it. Or if you don't like Martin Jones, go out and look for one of the other goalies who hit the free agent market and do the exact same thing all over again. So one thing I didn't realize, I could have sworn up, down, left, right, sideways. Okay. That Martin Jones was like at least 34. No. How on earth, how on earth has he been around for a billion years, is a goalie, and is still only 31? I, look, I said the same thing about Eric Carlson, okay? Because Eric Carlson, I thought for sure, was 35 years old, given all the injuries, given all of the wear and tear, given the fact that at this point it feels like his contract is this total albatross and all that right. stuff. And, well, and no, and he's 31. He's the yeah, same age as Martin Jones. And I go, wait, really? It turns out carrying the entire city of Ottawa on your back for several years <laughs> tends to wear on your ankles. <laughs> Trying to also be basically the... The, the guy for San Jose. I mean, like, literally, that, that whole team revolves around... Ain't nobody else doing it. Well, literally, the whole team revolves around the, that, that pairing of Carlson and Burns. And yep. then, in the years while they had a shot, it was basically, here's Pavelski, Couture, I guess Marlowe is still there. To, I think Marlowe's retiring, though. I don't know if he, he went back anywhere. He hasn't signed anywhere yet, so I think he's retiring, but... Um, I don't know, man. He might. He might. Maybe he the... tries again with San Jose for a year. He'll, I don't know. He loves signing one-year deals to San Jose so they can flip him to a contender and get I, assets. I thought the story. I thought the story though was that he um, was basically done because he got the record. He got the games played record. It was a kind of a nice way to send him off. Absolutely. You know he's. You know he's played so much. So maybe that's the end. Of it. Now Joe Thornton's not there anymore. That's a weird one too, by the way. Joe Thornton's not in Toronto anymore either. He's in that's Florida. A, that's a weird one. It's weird, but here's the thing. Like I, I keep getting more and more impressed. I know we're kind of getting a little off topic by talking about other players. We but, absolutely are. I'm even. But it's gonna, okay. I'm even going to do one okay. of these because <laughs> oh, we didn't even really talk about Travis. We'll go Sanheim, back to it. We'll yeah. go back to it. It's him. fine. But, um, like. Florida keeps making these really interesting low risk high reward potential signings like they've they've built it pretty well this season like and I don't know look I don't know if anybody is truthfully going to compete with Tampa Bay it's going to be tough but Tampa Bay lost some pieces let's not gloss over that you know David Savard's gone that's a big one so you lose David Savard on the back end uh you, you know your backup is not Curtis McElhaney anymore. It's going to be Brian Elliott. So, you know, you'll have, look, I'm not trying to sit there and say Brian Elliott can't give you what you want for 20 games, but you still got, you know, it's still 20 games. And if Vasilevsky's having even the slightest rough patch, you don't want to have to lean on him at all. Not for any extended period of time, no. Um, and then forward wise, I mean, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, Barkley Gaudreau all go to different teams. Tyler Johnson got traded. It's interesting. 
And yeah, but I, no, I mean, like, it's funny because they're going to, they traded, didn't they trade for Seabrook? Isn't that who they traded for? Uh, the Lightning did. The Lightning did Barry's money. Barry's money. So they have money, but uh, look, I don't underestimate the power of losing an entire third line that was one of your most effective in the playoffs. Like, I get it. You've got a ton of star talent. Braden Point's at the top. Nikita Kucherov's at the top. Steven Stamkos is at the top. And guess what you're going to have this year that you didn't have last year? You're going to have all three fully healthy for an entire year. Right. But take a look. you you got to remember, we're back in uh, the regular playoff format. Yes. And you're looking at the Atlantic Division, and you're looking at a Toronto Maple Leaf team that they're either going to win the Stanley Cup or completely implode. It's one or the other. They're kind of pushed to the limit. The Boston Bruins... Well, we know what the trend is, so... Right. The Boston Bruins are starting to show early signs of their core crumbling, I think. I think Tuka Rask has a lot to do with that, and through no fault of his own. I think there are some cracks in Boston, and I think Florida looked at the division... And they see a divisional spot available. You know, Montreal really... isn't necessarily the strongest team. I know they just made that run, but they're not the strongest regular season team. Montreal lost valuable pieces. Let's be real. Yeah, they did. And I think you look at you look at the division and you see a weakness. And you go out and you get Sam Reinhart. You go out and you get Anthony Duclair. You go out and you get Carter Verhage, Joe Thornton, uh, Brandon Montour. Well, the, if you're Florida, you've got to. Here's the thing: you've got to ask yourself, because you're you're at a really important crossroads right now with a with two key things that you've done earlier than all of this stuff. You first of all, you brought in a Hall of Fame head coach that was supposed to take you to the next level. You don't just bring in a three-time Cup winner with the Chicago Blackhawks and go and expect you know, to be and mediocre. And not expect to, exactly, right. and not expect to make playoff runs. That's how that works. And then you make the addition. You go out and you get Bobrovsky. And now you're at a crossroads with that one because of the fact that basically what's the better method here? Based on the playoffs, sure seems like the better method here is to start riding the coattails of Spencer Knight and move forward with this. You've got a kid who could be one of the best in the in the league in a few years, so oh, why man. not start right now? You know what I mean? And this is We talk about expensive backups. Sergey Bobrovsky, the Florida might about to be might might be about to have a very expensive backup. Sure, but but that's what you get for for drafting, kind of in a way. Like for drafting the way you did, you drafted a goalie, you took that chance, you knew what you were going to need. And look, I, I I'm of the belief that the my Bob- favorite that Sergey Bobrovsky plays a style, in my opinion, anyway, that was not going to make him very good in his mid mid to late thirties. He's Correct. like he's very look. Do- desperation saves are great. We love to see them. But they rely on athleticism that doesn't hold up in your 30s. Exactly. Like, I sat there and looked, and if you would have asked me to go down the list of goalies the Flyers could have signed, for example, I mean, we're kind of going back to the Martin Jones thing a little bit in, in this, but it, it, it fits. If you would have asked me, because a lot of people are like, oh, I, you know, Jonathan Bernier would be great. And I sit there and I go, I'm not saying he doesn't have ability, but is the guy ever healthy? I feel like every time I look, he's injured. And then, But then someone will bring up James Reimer, and I go, well, gee, didn't he get hurt a decent amount? And then you bring up you can bring up anybody else. I'm saying, like, after a while, what you start to realize is that all goalies have health liability to some extent because it's a it's a demanding position physically. So anybody can get hurt at any point because of what they have to try to do. This is their that's what the job entails. So you can't worry about health per se. 
I mean, let's this way. We could say that about Brian Elliott, but Brian Elliott didn't get hurt last year. Listen, they've, they're the ones who voluntarily signed up to get pelted with vulcanized rubber. Right. And, like, look. We, we, Goalies are built different. Here, here's what we had to say. Look, I'm looking at Florida's cat-friendly now instead. Here's what we had to say about Florida before, because we even said the best-kept secret in the league, or so we thought, one of the most un- – we can't call him underrated anymore because once you win the Selkie, you're not underrated anymore. Like, you've made it to, you've made it to a level where, like, we can't talk about it like that, and that's, that's Alexander Barkov. Like, now you've got a – that's your legit superstar talent. You've got Huberto with him. You know, so you're going to have talent there. Reinhardt's going to fit right in there. You've got younger players who can start to come up nicely. So Man, you got lots of the, and then the one thing I'm worried about for them. Go ahead. Alexander Barkov's a UFA after this year. Not only that, not only that, they have to re-sign some RFAs. And the look at the Keith Yandel buyout penalty. The Keith Yandel buyout penalty this that's year, two point three million. Oh, that's a rough one. Next yeah. year, next year it is five point four million dollars of dead cap. In the same season, you have to sign Alexander Barkov. Good luck. I, don't I, know, I, I think Patrick Hornquist has one year left in Florida. I'll tell you that much. Somebody's got to go. I'm trying to look and see if I can find the easy, like the easy piece to let go. It it's probably makes sense to be 34 year old Patrick Hornquist at that point. You what you might have to do to make that work then is, and he's been a decent player for them at times. I think you part ways with Frank Vitrano then. I was looking at Frank Vitrano also. Oh yeah, I I, I think, think yeah, like you. Well, you, he's you, also up after this year, so that doesn't actually clear you up any more money. No, but I'm saying that's where like you you utilize what you would have spent to keep him to keep Barkov because you can't. I Barkov. think it's going to cost a lot more than that. I'm not saying you're wrong. Like I, I agree. <laughs> it's just I think that Barkov number might uh, he could push nine. No, maybe eight. Eight sounds reasonable. Okay. And obviously, depending on the kind of year he has, if he wins another Selkie, he's getting nine. I'm trying to see also if there's like a guy on, on this team. Like Hornquist is probably your obvious either try to trade him or buy out. Yeah. You know, or I, I know you just signed that Carter Verhage extension, but you might have to trade I mean, that let's, too. Let's, well, let's put it this way. They're not only paying a buyout for Keith Yandel, but they're still paying a buyout for two more years of Scott Darling. Yeah, but that's at least the same number. They know what they're working with. I'm talking. It's the about same that, number, but like that spike in the what, Keith no, what, what, is rough, though. It it is, but see the 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 thing with the darling one to me, what what burns them there is is that that's what I would have used to buy out like a Patrick Hornquist at that point. If that means that's what I got to do to keep Alexander right. Barkov long term at, oh, at the price that you want. Don't forget, this is their last year of cap recapture penalty on Roberto Luongo. <laughs> Because uh, cap recapture is still a thing. Looking at you, Shea Weber. All right. Well, listen. How much? Okay. So they have. It says they have fourteen and a half million dollars in cap space going like for next year, but that's with fourteen players on the roster and twenty-one player contracts. Right. And and you got to resign guys like Owen Tippett. Tippett won't and, demand much though. And he could have a good year though. Depends on who he's playing with. He still won't demand much more. Like. He's gonna, he's gonna get the classic. Here's three years, three million dollars. Here's a bridge eight, deal, right? Pretty much. Like, it, it, there's no reason to expect anything different for that. I don't worry about guys like that. Like, in the same sense, I like Mason Marchman had a decent year last year too, and I wouldn't expect him to get much more of an increase off of eight hundred thousand dollars than oh, you're going to like two point five, three mil. Okay. 
you'll make you'll make millions, but you're not going to make more. Like those two right. are going to cost them maybe four million. And then defensively, lucky for them, they don't really have any bad, like pending contracts. They have two, right? So they can bring back five defensemen and both goalies without really having to tap into that fourteen and a half million. So basically, your tough decisions are a bunch of guys who are signed to one, like who are signed for one year at the forward position that either, like let's just say. Con- like expiring contracts are you gonna like are you gonna bring back joe thornton and if you do is it gonna cost you more than the million dollars to do no. like joe, joe thornton's at the point of his career where if he feels like they're doing well enough that they've got a shot to win and they don't win this year he comes back for the million dollars or nine hundred thousand dollars because he goes why not well and i think the fact that he signed there is a pretty good indicator that they expect to be good and they were able to sell joe thornton on the fact that they're going to be good um, and by the way on on Barkov's potential contract, it's Florida, no income tax. That's true. So you can go a little less on the cap hit because they'll get We've, more of that money. Well, well, now we're gonna find out. Do guys sign for less in Tampa Bay because it's Florida and there's no state tax, <laughs> or do guys sign for less in Tampa Bay because they're Tampa freaking Bay? Well, I'm sure that that plays a factor into it. For now, why not? I mean, they're the best right. team in the league, but but. It, like I, I have to look because like Tampa didn't go out and really sign anybody, did they? Like they didn't sign anybody drastic they, this offseason. Corey Perry, yeah. But Corey that Perry is, is, but Corey Perry's another one of those guys though. Who okay, maybe he fits in on your third line, but he doesn't replace three players. No, no, for sure. But the thing is, they're so good. They have enough guys coming up that they're just going to replace the their entire well, bottom they, six with well, guys on ELCs who are just right, going to well, be we, fantastic. Well, we've said that they develop really well. That's for I, sure. It's it's infuriating because it's the kind of thing that I do in NHL 21 when I just like, oh, yeah, I don't need my bottom six. You want $3 million? No, leave. Instead, I'll call up my AHLer and he'll still have 20 goals. <laughs> like, it's just how it works. I mean, we'll see. Like, look, we'll see because th- their third line now, at least by my gathering anyway, because you got, you got Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. That makes it easy. And, yep. then, and then Sorelli, Palat, and Kalorn. There's your top six. It's always been your top six. Nothing's changing about your top six. And they're so good, your bottom six isn't really all that important. Pretty much. I mean, what I'm saying is those. You basically you replaced Yanni Gord. Um, who else? One thing. Barkley Gaudreau and Blake Coleman with Corey Perry and Pierre Edward Belmar. <laughs> Flyers legend Pierre Edward Belmar. By the way, both of which are on 35 plus contracts. Man. Pierre Edward Belmar and Brian Elliott are both going to win cups. <sighs> I don't look. I don't know if they're going to be able to win a third one because look here, and I'm not saying like on paper they have every reason to possibly be able to do it. It's look, you have to I get al- out there and play the games and see who legitimately who stays healthy. I also don't know how Pierre Edward Belmar managed to not win one in Vegas because they were close several times while he was there. <laughs> well, all right, let's see. How do you not win a cup in Vegas? Well, okay, year one was was interesting because they really looked like they were destiny in that first year they really the, did let's, let's say, the, the second, save by uh by Braden Holtby yeah probably you know the save I'm talking oh, about oh sure that could be yep. the difference okay so let's go let's keep going then so year, year two, two five minute major right year two it's the five minute major which was a which is a questionable call so there you go with a that bad one. call no 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 don't call it questionable it was a bad call where the ref called the result not the play Fine. All right. Whatever. Okay. I'm not getting into that. We're not here for that discussion today. But all right. Fine. So that's you have that. So it was the five minute major that year. 
Then they got to the then it was your three. They got to the conference finals. And that was just, you know, look, it's bubble. It's bubble life meets, you know, like, look, if a team got that on one's a, a clean roll, loss, but if it, but if a team got on the roll on a roll in the bubble, a team got on the roll on a roll in the bubble. Like, sure. It, there's really nothing that changes the momentum like of oh like like you have to go into the what was you have to go into the fortress like you nobody had to go to the fortress last that that year right and that there was no home ice advantage it probably that, did matter that mattered like positively for them that place is home ice advantage one hundred percent Dallas legitimately got to that final by who they played because they went through Colorado first like let's be real they went through Colorado and then Vegas and got to a Cup final and. We're two games away from winning against a team like Tampa. That, yeah, they were I don't a know little, if last year's Dallas little, team gets enough credit. Well, I, I I don't know if like okay, you're talking about the team from two years ago. Realistically, by saying last year, bubbled bubble Dallas. Oh, right. I don't know if last year's Dallas team is actually the real Dallas team. I think it's a case. No, of, I agree. Like I, I think, think it's they. A case of, you also remember that they missed their first three weeks because of COVID. Like they were behind from the jump. There were t- periods of time where teams right. had 15, 20 games played, and they had like four. Right, so like that, it, it's exactly. And well, who did they win the game, win a game or play a game? Didn't they play Detroit and have like they were the team that had like forty shots and Detroit had like six and were winning still somehow. Detroit. I think that's true. Oh, yeah, I think like, I remember that happening. Eventually, like, Detroit lost in like a shootout or something right. like that. But like and, it was still, it was like they were winning one nothing and they had six shots on goal in two periods. Yep. And Dallas had like thirty five and then was pushing fifty by the end of the game and, and somehow only won an overtime. Yeah, like and you hear about that kind of big, deep exhale after a team loses in the cup finals, and it tends to carry over into the next season. And I think that goes doubly there when were, you consider the the circumstances of this past offseason. Sure. And there, look, there were things that changed. I mean, Corey Perry was a big part of that Dallas team and then goes to Montreal. You lose yeah. one of those types of guys. I mean, your goaltending situation was going to be a little different because now you had to actually bring back Anton Hudobin as your guy. Corey Perry pulling the old Marion Hosa. Switching teams to try to keep losing cup finals. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why he's in Tampa now. If you can't yeah. beat, if you can't beat him, join him. Uh, ta- well, listen, if I'm a Tampa fan, I'm very nervous now. Here's the funny thing, though. So Corey Perry's doing this because I don't believe. I mean, Hosa did it for like several years and was on the losing team all the time, though. He went like oh eight. He went oh eight. He was in Pittsburgh when they lost to Detroit. Right then he went oh nine. He was in Detroit when they lost to Pittsburgh, and then twenty ten that he finally won it in Philly. But that was his first, right? With a goal that didn't go in, by the way. (laughs) No, it did. (laughs) No, it didn't, Kevin. Shh. The the evidence. Uh, Yes, that was that was his first. He was chasing his first cup. So here's the difference for me. It's not like Corey Perry is at the end of a career where he's never won a cup. Yeah, but he's looking for that capstone. I get it, but see then to me, okay, see then to me there's something to be said then about Ryan Getzlaff staying in Anaheim as opposed to a team where he could possibly win. Like, honest to goodness, wouldn't it have been no surprise at all if Getzlaff takes a lo- like a veteran maximum deal or veteran minimum deal? To go to Tampa and play with Corey Perry again? No, I wouldn't be surprised like, at all. And you, been, talk, you talked about needing a third line. like Right, like you could have brought him in and said, there's your third line center. Like, nope. And I'm not saying that that's what Tampa was thinking. It's just like, no. like would it have, would, have been, would it have been believable? Absolutely would have. Like, and instead, Getzlaff goes back to Anaheim, and he probably won't win a cup like he would hope to. Wait, like, here's here's what I think the difference now, granted, is. Two years, or two years ago, the year they played Nashville, they were right there at the end. They were in a conference final. Here's what I think the difference is. I think Ryan Getzlaff is a no-doubt Hall of Famer at this point in time. Really? 
Yeah. If you include his international play and then voters tend to look at that sort of thing favorably. I think Ryan Getzlaff is a pretty no-doubt Hall of Famer, and I think Corey Perry is on the border. And I think he's looking at it and going, man, one more cup might get me there. And I don't know if he's looking at it consciously or if he just wants to go win another cup, but I think one more cup gets him there. Maybe it's the maybe it's the last three years that are doing this for me, potentially, with Getzlaff then, because I didn't realize how many points he had. He was insane. Like, oh, he was. No, but yeah. you know, no, do you know what it is? It's longevity for him, because he's never had a season more than 91 points. But he's, but he's eighteen away from a thousand. Yeah, and so, he's probably like, gonna hit it this year. Right, and he's up over a thousand games. Like you know, you know what else it is too. Okay, here's another reason why you don't think this way, because when Ryan Getzlav has near a thousand points, but only has two hundred and seventy nine goals, so he's not that player. That's what it is. That's like, fair. Like we like right now. What is the fascination? And I don't know if we actually on the last show with because it might this might have happened within the last two no it didn't it happened before free agency so never mind um but we had so much to talk about flyer wise with free agency we didn't even talk about this when alex ovechkin re-signed for five years and literally is sitting there saying you know what here it is this could like essentially it's like it's almost as if he's saying here this are the it. final here are the final five years of my career Yep. And I'm totally going for it. Come see and, me and, while you and, can. And I don't. And I don't need to say what it is because everybody knows right. what it is. Yep. I'm going for it. I'm probably going to get it. And here's the final five years of my career. And you know, done deal, right? Done deal. Like, yep. And like that's where we are. But we but we look at that with fascination because what is it? It's goals. It's he does the scoring. So a guy with 730 goals in his career who needs. 163 isn't in it, like 165 to get there so he needs to average Something 30 like 33 for the rest of his career which and, when and was the last time he had less than that he'd have to get hurt to average less look, than that i'm actually gonna look this up because i'm curious when the last time alexander ovechkin scored less than 33 goals i don't know if it's happened like, didn't he score more than that in the 48 game season might have Yeah, I mean, it, it it's insane to me that not only did Alex Ovechkin sign for, uh, for five years at this stage, but that it was at that number. Like, he's making $9.5 million for five more years. That's a lot of money. Is that what he's making? Uh, I think, is it not? I thought it was something, not something else. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's nine, not... nine five for five years. Well, he's he, look. He's still one of the best goal scorers in the league, though. That's he's why he's worth every penny. Money. I'm not. Yes. And there's, a, there's a difference between not being worth the money that you think you're going to get, like down the line, and being possibly the greatest goal scorer of all time. I mean, if if let's this way, if 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 Wayne Gretzky was 35 years old and was going to play until 40, and had five years left and was still giving you goal scoring numbers like this, because Gretzky tapered off toward the end too. Let's be he real. certainly did. But but if he was still giving you numbers like that, wouldn't you pay him yep. close to what the highest forward in the league was making? Sure, you yeah, would. Yeah, like you're not wrong. All right, so Alex Ovechkin, 24 goals this past season. So he did not score 33 this past season. Again, he only played 45 games. Well, he had all that time on the COVID list. That's another right. part of the problem. So right. Uh, in. The 48-game season, he had 32 goals. That's the last time he failed to score 30 more than 33, although he did only have 33 in 2016-17. 
So, you know, he hasn't been quite as consistently be, at that 40 level as I thought. That's got to be a really interesting year then for him because he plays in every game in the season, so it's not like he missed time to get that low. It just was – I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what would have been – like, and that was the year before the cup year. So – Right. Uh, like, I'm curious as to maybe – not what changed, but like I don't recall there being anything that made it any different than any other year he played. Like I don't recall there being a reason why he was so. Didn't Nick Backstrom miss a huge part of one of these seasons? Maybe. Uh, Maybe it was that year. Because honestly, I think that pairing is a little underrated. Uh, Nick Backstrom did not miss time that year. Did he not? Okay. TJ Oshie missed 14 games. Okay, that probably helped. John Carlson missed 10. Andre okay. Burkowski missed, what is that, 18? Okay. So they were, they missed, they were, they were banged missing up. Guys. They were banged up. Well, and then there's, and there's other guys who got better as the, like, or not got better, but became bigger pieces as the year went on and bigger pieces on that cup team the following year. Jacob Vrana played 21 games as a 20 year old because oh, that he was, was the year he was just kind of breaking in. They acquired Kevin Shattenkirk for like the last God, 19 games. He was games. a huge part of that run. Well, this was this was the year before the cup run. Well, right, but he but yeah. he ended up being a huge part of that team. Uh, and who else? I'm missing if, it, if there even is anybody because I don't really see anybody else. That... But the rest of these numbers are just absurd: fifty-two goals, sixty-five. Well, that's goals, what I'm saying. Six goals. There's like... no reason. There's no reason to believe for all the years he's pushed fifty. Like literally, last season and that sixteen, seventeen season you're bringing up are the only two years he hasn't even challenged. 50. Right. Cha- challenged. Because reminder. The year the world shut down, the COVID year, the 68 to 71 game year we were talking about earlier, Alexander Ovechkin had 48 goals in 68 games. With 14 games to go, he was put he was going to challenge 60. He yes. He was very he was on a good pace for 60 just with the way Alexander Ovechkin tends to play. Because when he gets hot, he gets hot. There's nothing, I mean, there's really, look, there's nothing left for him to do other than chase this record. Than just and, score goals. And, well, and see if it equates to Washington still good enough collectively as a team to make another run potentially. Yep. That's all that's left at this point. And you, you know what? You, you try but, to see if your team can win with you as, as, as one of their top players still at the end of your career and go for the record. That's all that's left. By the end of the five-year deal, all you need to be able to do is skate to the circle and shoot. That's all you need to do. That's all you need Alexander Ovechkin to do at that point, well, especially exactly. if he's getting there, especially if he's chasing. Well, well, because it, look, exactly. Like, that's the thing. You're going sitting there going, oh, but what happens if, you know, like over the five, like whatever. You can put him out there on one leg on the power. What happens if stand he, in your spot and he'll still score? Goals. What happens if he breaks Wayne Gretzky's goal record? That's the only question you need to ask yourself as the Washington Capitals. What if he breaks Wayne Gretzky's goal record while wearing your a C for your jersey? That's all you care about. No, you care about two things at this point with that on top of it because you're right. You're saying what if he does it wearing the C on your jersey? All the other what ifs do not matter. What if he sucks? I, what if he can't skate? What It doesn't matter. Right. What if I he think, breaks this record in your jersey? I think that the big thing for him is also is not only are you trying to see if you can't win with him and the rest of this team that you've got for the last five years that he's around, and not only are you seeing if he breaks this record, but – I think there's something important to him, unlike even unlike Gretzky, and it's not anything that's of Gretzky's fault. But you want, I think, you want to sit there and look, kind of in the same vein as a Mario Lemieux. He's a lifetime cap. I think I was going to say, I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah, 
that's what I think you want out of this is he's going to if he's going to do this, he's going to have done it from day one in the same place. All right. Does Alexander Ovechkin retire as a capital? Yeah, absolutely. Does Sidney Crosby retire as a penguin? I think so. I think that one might be a little bit more up for debate than the other one. Like, oh, see, here's the thing. Does Ovechkin I, I, does, before does, you before you one more thing? OK. I need a firm yes or no here. OK. Does Claude Giroux retire as a flyer? <laughs> I really don't like this question because I've seen it floated around a lot. And I know, I know you don't know the answer, right? None of us know, and I know your opinion on this okay, can change. Here's, but here's as of reason, this moment, no, here's the reason why I can't give you a yes or no answer to an extent. No, just hear me out. So much depends on this upcoming season for that answer. Because if That's you fair. have, because truthfully, if you have another year like last year. After doing all of the stuff you did, trade him at the deadline. Maybe, but I'm telling. No, what I'm saying is that if you have another year, see, here's the problem: they're not going to trade him at the deadline, and I'll tell you why. But you can't let him. You no, can't risk letting him walk. On. No, I'll tell you why. Because they're going to be good enough at the deadline that they're going to think they have a shot. That's fair. So that's why they're going to keep him. I'm not saying you're risking him walking <sighs> for nothing. What you're doing is is that you're going. They're still in a race. We need this guy. That's why he stays. But if you don't make the playoffs, I don't know if he comes back because I think that, uh, and I I know it sounds weird to say, just but hear me out. Sounds terrible. I don't. The reason I don't know is because you now there's a reason why there's ten free agents next year. Somehow we spun this back to the Flyers. I don't know how. Listen, we have to get to Travis Hanheim anyway, so this works out. I know this is a good way to get back here. Um. Here's so here's where I'm at with that. It's like there's a reason why there's ten free agents after next season, and that is because you've done if if you're in Chuck Fletcher's shoes, you sat there and you went, I'm going to trade two young players, one of which has had a very well documented career to this point that has not been successful. Mm, but he is being, a former second overall pick, right? And there as is a some high dra- no, as a high draft pick. Now, granted, and listen. If if you follow the you know follow the breadcrumbs of that whole story, then you should know that that was very much a Ron Hextall pick, and there were a lot of people that said no, take the defenseman. So if Ron right. Hextall just listened to his scouts, you might not be talking about that story. Period. It's fair. So, call it what it is. He's not a flyer anymore, and he netted you a defenseman anyway. So take that for what it is. You right. also choose two part ways with Phil Myers, who did not have the best year last year. Could turn out to be something really good in Nashville. Who knows? But that's you, you're taking the established player who is very much in the same vein of what you wanted Phil Myers to be. Different type. Look, not in the same size or anything like that. I'm not comparing them in size or stature or anything like that. I'm saying from an established standpoint, he is a right-handed defenseman who will play top minutes, and that's everything you wanted. Who will make wanted. your team better. And that's everything you wanted Phil Myers to be. That's what yep. he's doing. Yep. That's number one. So you go and make that deal. You go out and you make another deal where you take the first-round pick, which, okay, if there's a year to trade it, it's this one. It's kind of unpredictable. Fair. Every GM in the league – with the exception of the Buffalo Sabres, probably, who had a layup at, at first overall pick. And even that, they almost managed to bungle. <laughs> right. Well, they, I think they left you hanging for a while, is what you're saying. Like, there was no going into it. Like, we knew it was definitely going to be him until they actually called his name. 
Right, because I mean, you can always count on Buffalo to screw things up, and well, and there's no guarantee. There the, okay, there's also no. And guarantees there were some whispers that the kid out. didn't want to play there too. So. Well, and then okay, fair. There's no guarantees that the guy actually pans out in Buffalo. Right, but, but you trade the first round pick because it's look. If there's a year to do it, it was this one. I'll give you that. Yep. And you trade you trade Robert Haig to get you know and and, and there was another uh, again there was another pick in there but you trade and then there's the Shane Gostas bear deal to clear the cap space necessary to make this move so you did lose more assets than you know you lost Shane Gostas bear a second and a seventh but Shane Gostas bear to me was on his way out anyway I feel like, like we've been talking about him being traded for three years that's fine but I, when you use the cap space that you cleared from him to make another trade that kind of falls flat in a lot of fans minds that's where it I told, look, feels I, bad i told you this earlier right. uh, look i didn't love it because of the price i'm willing to see look i'm more than willing to watch them play and make a determination on how this guy fits or does not fit after actually watching him play a game wearing a philadelphia flyers jersey i'm not going to go off of i know what everything says about buffalo but let's put it this way if you it, it, look everything is it depends on who you ask right if you ask a bunch of hockey scouts, they go, the Flyers have a top five decor in the league. You ask a bunch of analytics people and they go, uh, you know, I don't like this team. Right? Like right. somewhere, look, somewhere down the line, part of it meets in the middle somewhere. I think. Like, I get it. Eye test says one thing. Analytics say another. How about we just watch the guy play a game? Like, I was watching, I, I, I've watched people do this and I was th thinking this literally yesterday because yesterday was a Saturday for people who don't know that we record on Sundays. And... Literally watching people go back and forth over it, and I'm sitting here going, it is Saturday, August 14th, and I get it. You know, the world is still not completely normal yet, and there's not a ton – like, you can't do everything you'd want to, but a lot of people are doing normal things. There's a lot of people who go on vacation, go down the shore, do whatever, right? Like, all that stuff. Don't you have anything better to do than sit here with a month and a – like, actually, let's make it – I actually meant to say this on the show. I was thinking about this after our last one. So, ironically enough, because we're doing the every other week thing, and it's – happens to fall in line it is exactly two months until the start of the regular season it is august 15th so you have That's exactly exciting. two months until october 15th but here's the point of that it's two months away and you're not going to have a clear-cut answer until you actually start watching play and i'll give you all right fine i'll give you six weeks because training camp will be underway preseason games will be happening i'll give you six weeks because you'll see rasmus wrist align and then at some point we know this but like Enough with the on paper, are they better, are they not? Like, we've asked this question. You know, we've done this. Just let it play out once it gets here. But you're going to have to sit back and wait. Like, this is this is August as we know it right now, you right. know? Not much is changing from here to and, the start and, of the season. And listen, I don't – look, I'm not worrying – like, I'm not sitting here saying don't be – like, anticipate the season. Anticipate the season by all means. Oh, I'm means. very excited. But, but and be excited because you, what you should be excited about more than anything is not whether or not the team is better or not. It's it's the fact that I get to watch the fact that I get to watch all the games on ESPN Plus. I was gonna say it's it's the fact. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Look at the thumbs up. <laughs> it's the fact that, but it's the fact that it's not the same. This is not last year's team. They didn't run it back very clearly. No. So, so because of that. You can't make like like remember what we would do, and we've been doing the show long enough that we can sit there and actually talk about it this way. We would know exactly what the off season kind of entailed before we would go. Okay, so let's start figuring out how where, where they're going to be and what the lines like. We're trying to do that now, and we really actually don't know because where do you put? So much is different. But it's like you go. Where do you do you, you put? split up Provorov and Ellis? 
No, I don't think you do. But, but uh, you're asking. See, I, I think there's an argument that you do. Uh, I really do. Maybe. I don't know. Because here's how I'm looking at it. Who are you putting with Provorov then? I'd like to try Sanheim now that you have a little more stability behind them. If it doesn't work out, maybe you try Ristolainen. If he looks decent, I don't mind that. Well, you're, de- okay. you're definitely regardless. starting with Ristolainen there. No, I agree. And I'm, I'm looking at like experimentation in the preseason is a big factor here. I think you tried <laughs> Sanheim last year and kind of saw what you had, which is why you made this deal in the first place. That's, but, what, that's my thing. But it's different if they don't have to play all the tough minutes like that pair had to last year. We'll see. If you have an Ellis pair behind you with some stability. And my argument is if if these guys are playing 26-ish minutes a night, let's say they're let's say they're playing 45% of the game. They can play 45% of the game together, or Ivan Provorov can play this 45%, Ryan Ellis can play this 45%, and you have an elite goalie or you have an elite defenseman on the ice for 90% of the game. That's how I'm looking at that. I understand where you're coming from, and I think especially when your third pair is going to be not the best. Might have Cam York on it. We'll see well, how that goes. I, I, it won't have Cam York on it, but it'll be sheltered. I, I get where you're coming right. from with the third pairing. It's going to be a sheltered pairing. I, I think that here's another. Okay, here's another way that you also shelter that that pairing better and and utilize your 45 percent a little bit better too. You don't play Ivan Provorov on the power play next year. I agree. I absolutely Keith agree Yandel with you there. Should be, Keith Yandel should be quarterbacking your top power play unit, and your second unit should probably be Ellis with Ristolainen because they you both can do it. You don't think Sandheim gets a spot on your second unit? I don't know. I don't think okay. they love. I don't think they love Sandheim on the power play. That's just me. Uh, man, I would love to see. I think he's but got it in him, but, but I wouldn't put Provorov out there for that because oh, right. that, no, like, I, I agree with you there. But I would love to see Travis Sandheim develop into a power play quarterback kind of guy and maybe Keith Yandel can help him with that because I think he's got it in him I think somebody's got somebody's gotta right. eventually take the lead there and I think Sanheim has a better chance than Provorov does I'll say that much for him but I agree but that's all that, that's about all that I've got with that like right now right. I would like especially but it's okay but especially speaking forget about the second power play defenseman that I gave Right. Or whatever, because the point is, is that I'm taking Ivan Provorov off of that unit completely to make sure that all I use him for is five on five and penalty kill. Yep, and that should and, should and again, see the results I, and there. again, I'm utilizing him for those tougher matchups. If you yep. if you're telling me that you can get let let's be conservative here, that you can get three to five power plays, you average eight minutes of power play time a night maximum, assuming right. you don't score, you for get sure. like six minutes and maybe score one or two. Yeah, but you're the, cutting probably four or five minutes off his ice time there. But you're exactly so if well, and then, or, well, no, you're not. But you're using that four or five minutes of ice time in a well, that's different what I mean. way. Yeah, you're cutting you're it cutting, there, you're, hopefully you're, to use it elsewhere. You're, you're allocating it differently. That's right. what you're doing differently. So and, let's, let's, and you know what? I don't mind Ivan Provorov not having to play 31 minutes a night. I'm okay with him dropping him, down to just playing a ton of and ton and not literally all the time. I want to. I still want him to average the 27 he's used to averaging, but I want it to be utilized a little differently. Okay, because, fair enough. Because, because I do think there's also a mental aspect to playing the power play and trying to be the guy who sets it all up. I don't think he has to be like. And and Yandel gives you the thing that Yandel gives you that makes sense for this. And again, here's why I think he'll be top power play because the history with AV dictates that he could be. Because why not? Av knows he can produce. Because it's Keith Yandel and Elaine Vino, right? But 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 Keith Yandel had twenty four assists last season, at his age, with you know, and had eighteen power play points out of twenty seven. 
You think he's not still a fit on a power play? I think absolutely yeah. is, especially if you throw him out there with a Claude Giroux, with you know Sean Couturier, Sean Couturier, put James Van Riemsdyk at net front and pick somebody else. I don't care who it is. It could be Konechny, it could be Farabee, it could be Atkinson. Could be, could be Atkinson. It, I wouldn't be shocked. Like the, again, Daily Faceoff had Atkinson with Hayes and Farabee on the second power play. They had okay. Konechny on the first. I and think there's a little bit of interchanging mechanism there, but at the same time. From a fantasy hockey point, I certainly would love to see Joel Farabee get some get some power play one time. <laughs> I wouldn't mind him being the fifth on that unit. <laughs> and you yeah. know what? I don't mind him as the trigger man for that unit. You put Farabee on one wall, Giroux on the other, and then the other three pieces are just moving to get them the puck. Potentially. I, what I Here's one thing I really do hope that changes, by the way. I hope that something different about that power play, hopefully allows Claude Drew to be opened up a little bit more for the shot. Because I don't think it's that he's he, – I never think he's afraid to take it. He just never has the clear lane because I think they shadow him more. Because let's put it this way. If Jake Voracek was on your other wall. He's not shooting. Exactly. So you don't have to shade him there. So put yep. somebody over there who does take a shot, yep. and maybe it opens up Drew a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying that that's the way no, it's going to go, but – Honestly, that's how Jake scored a lot of his goals, was shooting when people expected him to pass, because he always passes. Right. So anyway, let's get back to the Travis Sanheim arbitration thing, really, because it's literally the last order of business. I mean, yeah. it's it's just a matter of what the cost is going to be. They have, if I'm being leg- you know, realistic about it and trying to figure out the logistics of it, they have maybe probably four and a half to five million dollars. It's about what I think he's going to get anyway. I think hey, he's I worth- don't see him getting much more than that. I think he's worth four and a half. About that, I, I, if if you had asked me at the beginning, I would have said Carter Hart's going to get three to three point five, and Sandheim's going to get four point four. Let's just say, okay. because I was trying to work a number. It was it was under eight. Well, no, you got to you got to do four point six because it's his jersey number. You got to work his or is, is it four point four oh six? Is that what we're doing? Because no. in case you didn't know, Carter Hart didn't sign for four million dollars. He signed point three point nine seven nine, so we could get his jersey number in there. Sorry, I hate that trend. The jersey number has significant meaning to him, and it was a good story when it came out. So I'm not going to harp on it too much. I didn't look at it like that when I first saw it, but I get why it's okay. I get it. It's a stupid trend. Matthews did it. Marner did it. Uh, I think Seth Jones did it. Like a bunch of people. When when did Seth Jones do it? Did he not just do it? Is that not his. No, he's making nine, no. His new contract was nine point five. It was pretty straightforward. Oh, you're right. It was his new number um, is four. So there's no number there. Okay, listen. There's also kind of a difference between look. Carter Hart's got three years in in the bag so far, and right. One of them was not very good. If you're Austin Matthews and you want to sign a contract that has a three four on the end, eleven point six three four is what he signed for. Okay, by the but way. by all means, yeah. do it. You're going to be a face of the league. Go, go ahead, and, go ahead it's and just, do it. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, Toronto's got bigger problems than worrying about if Austin Matthews' cap hit ends with a three-four. Yeah, you're you're paying all, you're paying a lot of money to you're a paying few more than players. eleven and a half million dollars. No, but right? you're paying a lot of money to a small number of players. Yeah. So either way, uh, Travis Anheim, I think we kind of agree that he'll probably come in the neighborhood okay. of four, million, let, four million dollars. Yeah, and let me just kind of to spell it out to kind of put a bow on this one for now because we'll have the details on the next show because the next show is two weeks from now and right. the, the arbitration date is August twenty-sixth which comes right before the show. But I honestly wouldn't be shocked if something came down this week. They get a deal. Early no, next sure. week. Like, it's going to happen before. I think it's going to happen before. Because, again, I think they waited to get the Carter Hart deal solidified. So they basically know what they have left. And yep. that's what they're going in for. And I do think the term is important in this, too. Like, I, I, There's no way. When I sit there and I keep saying about 10 free agents next season, that doesn't include Travis Sanheim. 
because right. to me, you're, there's you're no way he's, he's not, not going to sign a one-year deal. He's getting a multi-year deal. If he right. wanted a one-year deal, then I think whatever the qualifying offer would have been, he would have signed, and that would have been the end of story. Right. Well, and like you said, so and like you said, we'll know that contract by the next so, show. So here's what we're going to do to kind of put a bow on this. You've yeah. got we'll we'll know the answer with the Sandheim contract next time around, and I think yep. the only the only drama left with that story is what is the deal itself and does it get as far as arbitration i think right. the deal itself is manageable it's multi-year it's in the four like four to four point five million range and it does not reach arbitration i think it's part, done. part of me hopes it reaches arbitration because my favorite thing about arbitration is looking at the arbitration numbers and seeing how much the player so, thinks oh, they're worth and how much the team thinks fair, they're worth but I, I don't think that and then i would say this so i would say the tease whatever our next show is this is what we're going to get to next show, and because it's pretty much less. Because it'll be complete. Well, not only that, but it will be the last show before September. Oh, that's weird to say. Oh, how do you, you just kind of casually said that? Oh no. Oh, that's weird. That yeah, means we're going to get one step closer. I mean, let's just wait. It's, it, it's the last we show. Tra- do we have a training camp report date yet? No. Okay. We do, we do not have any information on that yet. I the, imagine we'll probably have that by our next show. Possibly. Here's what here's what we know at this point too. The first preseason game is September 28th. So do the math on a Two little weeks. bit of that. Give them at least one full week okay. leading up to. And so uh, mid-September. I would say – Let me. I'm, uh, now you're going to make me pull up a calendar really quick just to see it. Um, all right. So I'm going to – hypothetically, and I have no intel. I do not know the answer. I'm going to say September 17th is a date I would circle on your calendars. Okay. Because they usually start these things close to a weekend. And they will not start on the 24th and then go, hey, we had three days of practice, game time. No, definitely not. I, I, to, my, to my knowledge, every team is supposed to be getting something in the range of three weeks of legit training. Okay, so if three weeks is training camp, then maybe, if it's maybe three it is. three weeks, then we'll definitely have this news by our next show. Well, but, no, but three weeks could very well be the 24th then because from the 24th, it is three weeks until the opening night game for them. Okay. So maybe you're play- – I mean, th- those, look, those preseason games are scattered. Let's be real about that. They're playing six preseason games, and then they're going to have a near a week off because the NHL regular season starts on the 12th of October, and the Flyers don't play a game until the 15th. Right. So that gap buys you three extra days. So maybe you do start your training camp that close to a preseason game yeah, and, we'll say, and say get into it. I mean, look, it's not here or there or whatever, so... Well, like I said, I, I think we might have some of that information for our next show. But uh, the Travis Sandheim news, like we talked about, will probably break in between this show and the next. And when it, it does, most definitely will. And when it does, it'll probably drop tomorrow morning because that's how these things go. I uh, wasn't going to say it, but okay. And when it does, you can find that information on Kevin's Twitter at Kevin <laughs> underscore Durso. Uh, while you're over there, make sure to follow the show at YWT Podcast. And uh, are we you- are we sure it's going to break? tomorrow because it's the day after the show or is it going to break over the weekend when i'm not around Ooh, good one um, i mean cart- look, when cart- do you leave okay well he- hold on here's all right so let's, it's, it's gonna break 10 minutes after you leave your house okay hang on a minute so here's what's gonna happen so because carter hart just signed this this monday i was in virginia when that happened i was on vacation perfect so so exactly like i woke up saw that it was becoming a done deal and i'm like oh well now i gotta see what happens and literally from vacation i Wrote the story, got that out there, had to hop on his press call at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and then did a radio spot at 4.40. And I'm on vacation. Love so, it. So it was, Love yeah. the hustle. But, but it was – look, it, was, it wasn't it was surprising. I knew it was coming at some point. That's fine. Um, 
Well, I don't really leave per se. This is not the okay. same kind of vacation. So I'm not away away for that long. Like what it more or less is, is here's where I'm at with this. So Friday night, I am at a concert. Now, will it happen during the concert? I don't know about that. Usually these things happen, tend to happen during the day. This is a nighttime thing. So I don't feel like it's going to happen. You can pull it back up. Go ahead. We already uh, mentioned it before on a previous episode. Yeah, you're right. So I'm at that. I'm at that concert on Friday. Um, but it's later. I'll be in the there day. also. But it's later in the day, so I'm not as worried. Like to me, if you, if you're dropping a signing at, on a Friday at five o'clock, you're really dropping it at a weird time. You're you're trying to hide it, and that's not. This isn't right, a. Like, this isn't a signing you try to hide. You sign Tony D'Angelo at five o'clock on a Friday. You don't sign Travis Sanheim <laughs> at five o'clock on a sure. Friday. Uh, but anyway, so you got that. It's the next two days that worry me to an extent, because you got a Saturday morning where things could happen. I can assure you, this news will drop the second you're the busiest. Well, this is the challenging part because the thing I'm going to it's again it's two it's two the last two days of a festival in that's down the shore. Nice. And and nothing really starts with this thing until like one o'clock in the afternoon. So I have time, but but in order to go to the show on Friday, one o five on Saturday. If that really happens, I'm going to be really pissed Chuck off. Fletcher's press conference will be at 1 o'clock on Friday okay, here's or on the Saturday. All right, here's the deal then. If if something happens, I will be more than willing to relay some of the news. I will try my best to produce art, an article potentially. But here's what I will say. If there is a press conference that afternoon, I will probably not be on it. Okay. Because I'm but not you going will, to. But you will tweet about it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, look, I, I tweeted yesterday about that they signed their top draft pick. And it was literally like I was literally getting ready to walk out the door to go to my parents yesterday. And but it was and it, but it's, see, it's not big enough that I go. I got to write a whole story on it. it. Like literally, I mean, the the kid got announced as their pick as Cam Atkinson got traded for Jake Voracek. Right. I, like, I almost don't even know if people knew who the guy's name was because of the fact that it well, happened. It's also at a not moment. the easiest to pronounce. No, I don't think so. Samu Tumala. Not the easiest. Eh. That's a Finnish name. They'll get used to it. Yeah, he's that Finnish guy. But but regardless, so I can't wait to hear Jim Jackson say it. That's how I'll say it forever. <laughs> so get it right, JJ. You know, do you know what's really funny? By the way, speaking of which, because I like I sit there, people. <laughs> one of the last games before the pause. So one of the last games of the full building at the Wells Fargo Center. Flyers are playing the Buffalo Sabers, and Ristolainen had two wonderful moments that are captured on film one of them is p passing the puck back to his goaltender so joel farabee can take over after a turnover and score what basically was the goal that sealed the game and then ristaline and decked totally decked justin braun into the boards with like 16 seconds left ironically the first guy who got to him to go after him was robert haig literally the guy who got traded That's for funny him. but but at the same time like i sit there and I go how's that meeting in the locker room Here's Rasmus Ristolainen. Hey, hey Bronner, remember when yeah. I buried you? Yeah, remember when I totally buried you at the end of a game? A meaningless, like, decided game. Right. It was so fun. So it's it, that that's the type of stuff I do when I have nothing else to do. Is I go back and I find stuff like that. But that's funny. All but right. Reg regardless. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know when this Sandheim thing's gonna break. It will happen. Maybe it does happen over the, the weekend. I don't care. It will definitely be at the, the least convenient moment for you, but you'll still tweet about okay, it. So make okay, sure to follow him at Kevin underscore Durso. Here's the catch. They only have three shots then because okay. other than that, there really is nothing not convenient. Fair enough.
Well, we'll say it'll be one of those times for sure. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Kevin underscore Durso. Make sure to follow uh, the podcast at YWT podcast. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, including sports talk And uh, I think that's just about going to do it for today. Uh, two weeks from now, we're going to have a summer show. Uh, we're going to need to really get creative. We're going to have Travis Anheim's contract. Well, we'll have the- concert recap. Don't worry. Well, like we, like I said, like I teased, we're gonna have to actually be able to put a bow on the off season. It's the, it's the, you know what? It's the first September show that's gonna get. Oof. Us. Yep. There's gonna be nothing. All right. One more August show, and then we'll get there. And until then, see you guys later. Yeah.